in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. <laughs> Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the rejuvenated Glenn Stansberry. Boy, howdy. I am rejuvenated. I've uh, been to the edge and back. And uh, I've got a new lease on life, Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I woke up this morning. So we, uh, to to fill you all in, if you want to be filled in or not, uh, we we had to we had to postpone the podcast for a day. Yeah, recording of it. Um, so we traveled back in time so that you could get this on today, mm-hmm. Friday. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I I had a an ailment of sorts and couldn't record. Nor should we have attempted to record. <laughs> Uh, given my condition, uh-huh. but I am I'm ready to rumble. Mm-hmm. Um, never felt better. <laughs> I woke up this morning the the sun was sweet on my face. Mm-hmm. The, the the air was crisp and the grass was greener than I remembered. <laughs> it was just it was amazing. That's great. Coffee That's tasted better than ever. That's great. Oh man, it tastes a lot better with with less an- anxiety. Yes, you know what I mean. How will this affect me? Right. Uh, what will this do to me? <laughs> oh dear God, what will this do to me? Anyway, well, that's probably the worst intro ever to our podcast. Well, but, um, you know, um, it's kind of a parallel to how our podcast usually go. Well, yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> they end up in the toilet. <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, it's like a cleanse. Yeah, know? exactly. It's like a cleanse. The old Tijuana two-step. Yeah, that's cleanse. maybe a step and a half, actually. Yeah. Um, but speaking of cleanses, Glenn, um, <laughs> they're all the rage with the all the hipsters these days. Oh, man. I'm on a all-fruit diet. You you're you're on a fruit cleanse? I'm on a you know chocolate and cheese cleanse. Yeah, I've been on a wing cleanse before. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> An in, in, inadvertent one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, much like much like that, gentlemen, uh, gentlemen will get your juices flowing. <laughs> you go over to gentlemen.com. You don't need you don't need any kind of newfangled uh, nope. diet changes or anything like that. You just nope. show up at the site and start reading stuff, and it just psh, yep. You know yep. There you go. You don't need a kitchen uh, appliance. No kitchen appliance diet. needed. Mm-hmm. No, uh, yeah, no newfangled uh, infomercial appliance. No, no juice tiger. No juice tiger. That's just right. uh, just a web browser is That's all right. you need. Uh, <laughs> and so, if you want to, you can direct your web browser over to gentleman.com. and uh, there you will find some uh, interesting interesting facts, mm-hmm. some entertaining facts, mm-hmm. uh, and some you know odd facts. Odd stuff sometimes. That's true. Uh, the whole range of entertainment on gentleman.com. Um, and once you've experienced that part of your uh, journey, yes, you can uh, keep on going. You can take a segue over to podcast.gentleman.com uh, where you'll find previous episodes. You can find some of the previous beers we've rated. And you can also follow along if there's any links that pique your interest during this podcast. You can find them on podcast.gentleman.com. 
Um, and then finally, if you want to get in touch with the Gentleman Podcast, maybe you're upset because the uh, we claimed health benefits from going to gentleman.com and they didn't come true. Yeah. Um, our lawyers advise us against that, but uh, we typically throw out any advice our lawyer gives us. Right, which is why we are where we are right now. Exactly. Um, um, but anyway, if you want to get in touch with the Gentleman Podcast, you can do so by sending a letter. To P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. We'll get your letter. We will take it. We will read it on the Gentleman Podcast. We will consider it, and we will respond to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we will post on the Hall Slash Wall of Fame, which we know and love as the Wall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything you want to talk to us about, send us, an, send us a letter over the um, Gentleman Mailbag. P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. Uh, if you're too lazy to go and write us a letter, mm-hmm. what do you listen to the podcast for? Shame on you. Exactly. Um, no, you can you can still get in touch with us uh, in a less desirable medium, mm-hmm. electronic mail. Uh, you can do that at howdyatgentleman.com. You can go over to Facebook or Twitter. And if Facebook doesn't pre-screen your message to us mm-hmm. and edit it, then uh, it will arrive to us as well. Wow, is that a thing? You is never. That I know they're, they're under a lot of hot water because they're uh, they're how they pick their news that they find out on their. Oh, news I see. I gotcha. So you never know Facebook. Mm, that's true. You can't trust them. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there, Glenn. But what ears? What is here and there and everywhere is the drink of the week. Uh, and this and this week, uh, Glenn, we uh, I went over to the store. And we'd, we'd gone to, we actually went to a little happy hour last Friday. Yes. And uh, we went to a local watering hole, and we were there with our good friend uh, Greg. Yes. You know what, member? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I happened to pick up a beer from a, a company called Urban Chestnut. And uh, that, I, I, I really liked that, the one I had. It was really good. It was, uh, you know, I was interested. I went to the liquor store today, and lo and behold... Urban Chestnut had uh, had a few beers in stock at the really? liquor store, so this is a new uh, new thing for the Lawrence, Kansas area. This is a St. Uh, St. Louis, Missouri brewing company, uh, and this this particular beer is called a Dorf beer, and it's a very it's a Bavarian style lager uh, or a Dunkel. Um, and I don't I didn't know anything about Ur- uh, the Urban Chestnut Brewery, but I went over to their website, looked it up like I always do. They got a nice website. And the thing I like about their website, they're not trying to do too much. It's just you know they have their their mission, their beers. There's no weird flashing stuff. There's no lions and bears, nothing like that. Yeah. They don't say that they're the best brewing company in the world. They don't say that they're the first ones that ever came up with putting hops in beer. Yeah. Like many uh, <laughs> brewing companies tend to take credit for. Uh, in fact, they say their mission is to create high-quality offerings of loggers and ales, and they also strive to be respected for they also strive to be respected for their actions as a business member of the St. Louis community. That's pretty cool. Yeah. They're not about themselves; they're about the community. They want to give back. I don't know how many times we've read a about us about a brewery, yeah. and they say we were the first ones that made beer in the 1970s. We came up with. Uh, hops, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we're we're the best breweries. You know, top number one on all the beer fat. You know, all this stuff. Yeah. They're always t- topping themselves up in ridiculous fashions. Yes. So it's refreshing to to read their about page, and it's very simple and straightforward. We try to make good stuff, and we try to be a good member of the community. So it's not a bad idea. It's uh, so I, I'm already already you know I'm already liking this company. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, I was gonna say it's in stark contrast to the one we reviewed last week, where 
we went to the the website before we drank the beer and it already left a sour taste in our mouth. That's right. Before we actually opened the bottles, because they uh, they refer to themselves as the Bear and the Lion or something, yeah, and they're two, the two yeah. stepbrother brew yeah. bastards. Yeah. Did <laughs> you say brew bastards? Well. <laughs> I did not my words. That's that's what you said. I, brew ma- I, I said brewmasters. I don't know. I said brewmasters. Oh, brewmasters. Mm. Be in the uh, yeah. D M Bs. Um, but anyway, okay. So this is the uh, this is the Munich Dunkel, mm-hmm. uh, and it says some refer to the Dunkel style as the original beer of Munich and the surrounding vi- uh, villages. Hmm. So. Um, so this could be good. It's got a 5.2% alcohol. The price was $8.99. And this, what's unique about this beer um, in particular is the interesting bottles they come in. They come in Euro-style bottles, they say. Um, I've never been to Europe, really, so I can't really attest to this. But these are pint-sized bottles. They come, it comes with four pints in the, in the traditional six-pack sense. You know what I mean? So, so it's had more expensive. $8.99, 50 cents more than what we say kind of... Is our average, yes. basically, for craft beer around here. Yeah. So it's just a little bit more expensive. Uh, the alcohol content, 5.2%. The hop is 20. Um, and the the OG is 13.1 Play-Doh. So. Yeah. That's pretty pretty average for a, a, a normal yep. Play-Doh. Right, for, for the Play-Doh levels. Play-Doh levels. It's pretty, um, pretty standard. I, I got to say, Brian, this is an impressive-looking beer. It is. I, I like their marketing stuff. Another another thing, you know, it, it, a lot of times they have a good beer, but the marketing material is terrible. Yeah, this is all very well done stuff. It's high end. They got nice bottle tap logos. Yep. You know, um, the uh, they have caught my eye too. That on the very top of the wrapper here, they have this is part of the Reverence series, and it's number three in the Reverence series. You know, Reverence series, mm-hmm. man. Good, good. Whoa. Yeah. Good. Hang on here. So anyway, Glenn. Well, that's uh, that's enough about this beer. Let's let's crack it open and see what uh, we'll see what you. shakes out. Hopefully, nothing. Hopefully, beer <laughs> just comes out of it. Hopefully, yeah. I don't. know. I've heard some bad stories sometimes. I didn't put two and two together. That you had one of these beers on Friday. Yeah, not not this particular kind. Right. It right. Was a different D- different same kind. brewery. Same brewery yeah. All right. Cheers. Ooh, that's pretty good. Interesting. I don't know if I've had a dunkel before. It's pretty laid back. I was gonna say it's very smooth and mellow. It's kind of, kind of malty, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or is that got some malty? It said it said in the description that it varies from year to year, um, hmm. in color and sweetness depending on the amount of Munich and roasted malts used. So, so it tastes like a darker lager, kind of like a like a yeah. like a nuttier kind of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's good. I like. It. I think it's really good. It's a, in a sturdy bottle, mm-hmm. the good looking wrapper. Yeah, and Man. it's enough that you're not going to run out. You know what I mean? That's right. I'm not going back to the fridge every every ten minutes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> five hundred mils of beer, basically. Mm. And this is going to be tough to rate. Yeah, because on one hand, I I don't know. Like if if I went to the the liquor store, I wouldn't pick this type of beer out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I like traditional lagers. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit weird for me, actually. But I, I I like it, but it's just not... I don't know. It's just not my cup of tea. But for what it is, it's a really good beer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't want to steer our listeners wrong. Or off the off the trail here. I, I don't know. Man. All right. So we, we, we said it was about average. Just slightly, <laughs> slightly above. Slightly higher price. Um, Alcohol is right on point. 
Uh, IBUs are down at 20, so mm-hmm. pretty low level IBUs. Hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah. So Glenn, if you had to put a put your own personal rating on this uh, particular Dunkel beer, what would you put? What would you rate it as? I would I would probably give this an 83. Okay, that's that's where I'm sitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was pretty close there. I, I was gonna say probably you know 85. Yeah. If I was in Europe and at a pub and somebody poured me a yeah. pint of this, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's I, all right. I, yeah, and I, I I give them points for the style and everything, too, because they got good style, I good like website, it. good company, I think. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, let's uh, let's recap this real quick. So the Munich Dunkel, the Dorf beer mm-hmm. from Urban Chestnut Brewing Company, mm-hmm. it has 5.2% alcohol. It has 20% IBU. Or 20 IBU. There's no percentage there. Let's hope it's not 20% IBU. <laughs> uh, it's a deep amber color, 13.1 Play-Doh. Uh, malts are Munich caramel and roasted malt. And the hops are Pearl and Herzbrucker. Oh, yeah. The old Herzbrucker. The old, I'm a big fan of the Herzbrucker. Me too. I, I love Herzbrucker hops. <laughs> uh, and I've said that over and over again. Yeah, um, you have. So anyway, and we, then we finally we said the price was $8.99, so it's a little bit more. So uh, we just have to sit back here. I've just typed this in uh, to the old uh, standby MTS computer, and we just have to sit back and let it kind of gesticulate and come back with the actual mustache twist scale rating for this beer. Patent pending. Patent This is good. Don't be patent trolling us on the MTS. That's right. Yeah. I want to find out that Nokia has a patent on the MTS computer. Has a, has a patent for tabulating beer Ta- tabulating beer ratings <laughs> i have a generic patent for um anyway we better- I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're not going to figure this one out well let's hope not well, they can't reverse engineer the mts it's a black box of awesomeness that's right basically um okay glenn well i got the report right here okay um now we're just gonna shift over to page 80 i think it let's see is it usually it's 80 oh it's further back okay so 80 90 99 no okay here's good okay uh, okay, page eighty nine today. Eighty nine. I, I think there's extra information because we talked about the hops and the malt, so it had to <laughs> put the graphs in for that. Um, so it comes out to be an eight point four, actually, on the mustache eight point four. Very eight, oh, okay. Eight point four. So a very solid okay. showing mm-hmm. for the uh, Dorf Bureau Dunkel. I would suggest if you can get. Uh, I know we're in the Midwest, and so we're able to easily get the Urban Chestnut. But if you can find some in your area, I would check it out because I've had two beers from them now, and they've both been really solid. So. I say high marks, and I also really appreciate their understated style on their website about their their company mission and all that stuff. That's right. And where else are you going to find a beer that has Herzberger hops? Yeah, I know. It, it's they're not as not as easy to come by as you'd think. No. So I think there's like an eagle's nest involved or something, and <laughs> it's like a scene from Nacho Libre. I think so. It's something like that. <laughs> anyway, okay, Glenn. Well, let's uh, let's get into the rest of the episode, Glenn, with some interesting posts from Gentleman.com in the last two weeks or so. All right. Well, Brian and I have sifted and and collected and mm-hmm. thought long and hard about what to put on the on this podcast. We right. had many many great things passed over the last two posted over the last two weeks. Yep. Um, so it's, it makes our job very hard, actually. Yeah, it does. It's true. Um, a lot of great stuff. But here, here's, here's a few things that we found that not only resonated really well with the community, but also things that um, were easy to talk about mm-hmm. over the audio format. Yes. And uh, first up here, we have a, a post by our good buddy Zombie Cat Bacon. And it's, um, it's about 
a little guy I bet most of the people listening have heard of. His name's Mike Rowe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it's, and it's titled Some Guy in a Local Band. That's the, that's the title of this blog post that Mike Rowe put out. Blog post or article on his site. This is a blog post. But anyway, it starts off. It says, Dear James, man, do I feel like an idiot. And Mike goes on to talk about he had this experience at a at a local little restaurant. He was outside on a Saturday morning and he had, you know, like three mimosas. He was having them al fresco. And uh, he had his, um, what did he call it? He says, I, have a, I, have, I was there with my terrier. I have my dog who's part terrier, part a-hole. And uh, <laughs> this guy walks up to him with uh, a girl and introduces himself. He's like, hey, are you Mike Rowe? And right, right when he says that, his, Mike Rowe's dog just goes nuts and starts you know, trying to eat this guy's leg. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I'm really sorry. Hey, you know, get back, get back, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, goes on to say that this guy politely introduces himself. He's like, I'm a huge fan of your work, mm-hmm. you know. And, and Mike's like, what, yeah, uh, well, what do you do? He's like, well, I'm actually in a local band. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, oh, that's great. I love local music. And all the whole time the dog is like, <laughs> you know, biting on his leg. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, what's the name of the band? You know, I love, he's like, well, it's Metallica. <laughs> and uh, he said, oh, you're Lars Ulrich. You know, I'm, uh, it's so, I heard you live in the area. I'm so, so you know, so great, great to meet you. And he's like, oh, actually, my name is James. <laughs> uh, James, James Hetfield. <laughs> and he's like, Yep. Yep, it is. Yeah. I'm really, you know, he, he basically goes on to explain that he felt like an idiot um, because this is like one of the most popular bands in the world and he loves right. their music. Mm-hmm. And he, the reason he said Lars is because, partly because his dog was going crazy and, you know, mm-hmm. like your attention's divided and you can't yeah. think. Mm-hmm. So his attention is divided, but also the fact that he'd heard that Lars had moved into his neighborhood. I think he said it like a friend of his had told him that. Yeah. It's some random conversation he had had where somebody said Lars Ulrich lives around here or yeah. something, and so he immediately thought, "Oh, this is a Metallica guy. Oh, it's Lars Ulrich," and then blurted yeah. it out, you know. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a great story because man, James Hetfield comes off as really down to earth in this, where yeah. he just kind of like subtly brings up the fact that he's in Metallica. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm in a, a local band. Yeah. Local is in local everywhere. Right. Yeah. <laughs> local all over the world. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And what's also great about this is that Mike Rowe, uh, you know, he's just being Mike Rowe. He's a down-to-earth guy, makes a boneheaded, you know, thing, and and then owns up to it big time. I mean, he he said basically he had to write this because he was feeling worse and worse about it. The more it, like, lingered in his mind. Yeah. It's one of those things where you think, he said he thought it was going to get better the next day, and he said he felt ten times worse or something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. you know, and so he was like horrified about what was day three was going to feel like after making such an ass out of himself. Um, but yeah, I'm sure. You know, I, it, it's so it's so awesome that he called him Lars Ulrich because <laughs> I mean, you know, what do you? Get, that's like the best. I, Lars is such a unique name. Well, you yeah, know? I, I was just thinking that James Hetfield had to be like laughing about that. that yeah, you know, it's like. You know, somebody's seeing me and saying, oh, Glenn, you know, blah, 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 you know, <laughs> Glenn, not I'm not Lars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's pretty funny. And it's also gives you a glimpse in like celebrity life too. Yeah. The, uh, the weird interactions between celebrities that must go on. I mean, this is a pretty rare glimpse into it because I'm sure people don't really, you know, yeah. post this stuff out of whatever. You right. Know what I mean, but, um, <laughs> But I'm sure this kind of stuff happens all the time. <laughs> how, how awesome is it, too, that Mike Rose is sitting on a patio outside some restaurant. Drinking mimosas. Drinking, like, Saturday mornings, yeah. you know, with his dog. 
<laughs> I, it just seems weird. I wouldn't but. expect anything different, though, from Micro. It's true. Me neither. Well, anyway, I have thoroughly botched the telling of the story. It's much better if you go and read the actual uh, the actual article, and yeah. he even gives a basic, you know, play-by-play of how it went down. And it's, it's basically a like a long apology letter to the James Hetfield. Yep. So... <laughs> Um, so yeah, go to uh, podcast.gentleman.com to check it out, um, and and be careful with those mimosas. That's right. He several times he mentions the uh, those three mimosas weren't helping his situation at all. No, no. Um, so anyway, well, speaking of mimosas, Glenn, uh, I wanted that. There's a story that our good buddy Demon posted to gentleman.com. And this is a story that tri- that strikes a chord with me because of my personal experiences. Mm-hmm. And this is called "Apple Stole My Music." No, seriously. Um, and this is a story of a guy that had 120 gigabytes of mixtures between songs that he had ripped off CDs, not ripped off, but had a personal Burned, CD of, yeah. and 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 added to his iTunes collection. Uh, and then he's also a composer, so he had several of his own songs intermixed with the iTunes music library. Um, he went and signed up for Apple music. And then when you sign up for Apple music, they say, do you want to, if you want to use cloud library, which is a particular thing in Apple music, do you want to merge your library or do you want to replace it? And he clicked replace it. And what replace it does is it takes note of all the music on your hard drive. It finds matches in iTunes cloud or in the iTunes cloud, and then it it basically will play the music from the cloud instead of your own thing. And what that gets you is that you can play your music on your iPad or your iPhone or you know whatever. Um, but anyway, this guy claims that his own material that he recorded onto his m- machine and put into iTunes right. all of a sudden went disappeared. It, they, he says that it was uploaded to Apple servers, and then if he wanted to listen to it, he had to play it from Apple servers. To, and to download it. He had to download it again yes. and play it, Yeah, basically, because he couldn't stream it from there. Right. Um, I find this, even though I, I started by saying that I've had some problems with Apple Music, and my problem is completely unrelated to this. My Apple Music will not play any songs. <laughs> it, wait, any songs? Period, or just it, this it, one? It, it, it. I can get around it some sometimes, but basically, Apple Music won't play any music <laughs> for, for me. <laughs> so that, I recognize this is a problem pretty quick. Yes. And uh, I was able to discern that I needed to contact Apple Support about this. And so I've got a call in with them right now. And they said they call me back. They've escalated it to an engineer to look into. Defcon 1. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This guy cannot play any music on Apple Music. Uh, There's alarms going off somewhere. Yeah. I'm sure Tim Cook is like on the bat phone right now. Uh, So anyway, I'm expecting you to call any time now from Tim. But uh, the point is, like, okay, so he claims all this stuff. And I have to say, I'm a little bit dubious of this guy's claims. Because later, like, I, I actually read through the comments and somebody pointed out, well, like, that's actually different than signing up for Apple Music. And it's a specific setting and you click to replace your your music. And so that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to go through and move your music to the cloud, basically, is, is what the idea of it yeah. is. It sounds like it's a weird mixture of his misunderstanding and Apple not making things clear enough and some kind of technical glitch. Because mm-hmm. I actually, when I was in the process of doing this stuff, 
it was funny because I was actually on the phone with tech support and they were like, do this iCloud, iTunes, you know, merging thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I was like, I just read about how that you could lose all this stuff. And I actually do have, like, I have a lot of my own, like, recordings and stuff like that on my computer. Yeah. So then this article actually made me, like, I I even told the Apple person, I was like, I'm really leery of this because I've read several articles where there's been problems with this and I I don't want to do that, you know? Um, yeah. So anyway, but it, it sounds. But then I went ahead and did it on my phone because I actually didn't have any original recordings on my phone, and it was fine. And it prompted you, and it said, "Do you want to merge your library or replace it with the the cloud based service?" Yeah. And so I was like, "Well, I'll just merge it," you yeah. know, which is fine. Anyway, so I feel like this guy is not entirely being transparent about what really happened. I mean, what happened was he said, "Replace my all my music with." the cloud-based version of it. Mm-hmm. And he's saying it removed his stuff, which it shouldn't do because I actually clicked through their support and they said, we don't touch any of your own files. We just, you know, all we do is allow it to be played from other devices. Right. So I don't know. It's hard to say what happened. Uh, one, well, a couple of things that he talked about that were, that, that, that the, a couple of his big beaks were the fact that, he uh like he had some rare recordings yeah and when when he uh completely you know uploaded everything in the cloud mm-hmm. they what they do is they try to match it with right. what they know yeah and so like they had so he had like a really a few like really rare like downloaded from the artist website when they right. were nobody right and th- so they're like oh this is the the ep of this song mm-hmm. that they had in their library well it didn't exactly match up you know from right. the original right. which makes sense yeah i could see that but also i mean i went through the same thing too when i got when i switched this computer and i and it said hey do you want to mer- you know do you want to yeah. do you want to let apple do everything do you want to merge it right. or do you want to do nothing i yeah. think or I think those are the three options yeah and i did merge because right. The idea of completely erasing your files, especially if you know that you have original music, yeah, on your computer, just seems like a really bad idea. Yeah, like I, I don't, I don't really. I mean, I'm an, I love Apple products for I the most you. part. Yeah. I, I've used both, mm-hmm. and what, I, I pay for Apple Music every month, and I can't even play the music. <laughs> he still loves it, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it I, looks great though. <laughs> <laughs> the album cover. Is <laughs> Um, but you know, like, uh, so yeah, I, I'll admit that I, I do love Apple products, but yeah. I mean, it just seems like this guy kind of, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the real story is because I think, I think there's been some kind of weird confusion mm-hmm. with, with this dude. Cause I don't think is from what I could understand. I don't think Apple music would really do what he said that they did. And if they did, I, somebody made a point in the comment was like, Okay, uh, 13 million people use Apple Music. If this was really the case, do you really think 13 million people and you're one dude? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, if, if, if 13 million people went through this yeah. and this actually happened to them, mm-hmm. that everybody would be... Pissed off. Yeah. It would be everybody an insane, would be. terrible news story for Apple, you know? But instead, there's one guy on one blog that says, yeah, they replaced my music and it sucks. Yeah. So, I don't know. I... I think there must have been some weird kind of technical malfunction or something. I, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, we we had some comments on the article on Gentleman, and basically, a lot of the issues that people have with Apple, and I think it's a valid point, is that they control every yeah. aspect. So it's you either love this or you hate this right. aspect of mm-hmm. the development of Apple products. Is that they yeah. don't? It's a closed box, right? Yep. Whereas 
the other ecosystems like uh, Android completely open. Mm-hmm. And so we yeah. ish, yeah, know, ish. more open. Right. Definitely. Which is which has pluses and minuses, just yeah. like having Apple devices and their closed ecosystem has right. pluses and minuses. Yep. So a lot of yeah. people who don't like Apple products, it's because of that. They want the ability to, to for it to be as free and open as possible and yeah. like that, which is understandable. Right. So but I don't even think that argument comes into play here. I think it's kind of a user error thing. I think it's user error and Apple's error for not making it more I think that they're pretty apparent about what's going to happen. Like, they they basically... When I read their support, they say they don't delete any music or anything like that. They just make it available in other areas. But maybe I'm incorrect about that. Um, I I don't know either. It just seemed like using common sense when I was setting up my computer like i think it's i think it's why would you maybe maybe the support document did say that it would if it matched the actual album and the song yep it will play it from the cloud instead of on your local device right or something like that yep i think that's i think that's what it is and then if you want to re-download it you can and i i guess the idea behind that would be that it would be saving you hard drive space to because you know what i mean like yeah if you're normally just out and about playing music, you can on Wi-Fi or or LTE or whatever, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. just play the song. But if you really want to have it locally offline, you can do that. But right. you don't it doesn't have to take up the hard drive space that it did before or something. Right. And the other thing too, not to make this too long of the point or not long of the tooth, but the other thing too is that he mentions that you know, I could da- I could re-download all my So he's talking about the music that he composed. Yeah. It's like I could. It's it's up there. I just have to re-download it. Which just, which I don't think that that's really supposed to happen. I think that that must be some weird glitch because they're not supposed to upload all of your stuff. I don't right. think. I, I wonder if it's. <laughs> I think it was just the, the stuff that I read in Apple Docs basically said if it's something that is in their catalog mm-hmm. and they have it available, they'll play it. They the will cloud. play it through that, and they will you know. Mm-hmm. remove it from your local stuff and be able because it's available in both places so they're like well you can just play it from the cloud then if you want right. to download it you can i don't think that there's anything about them uploading your original content and playing it from their servers unless you re-download it right but but my my point is is that even if that were the case all he has to do is download it again and he's like oh it'll take me 30 hours well if you if you have any backup that's in the cloud somewhere you right. it'll take that long to yeah you know i mean that's just yeah and it's just you know, it's really not that big. It's like a first world problem kind of thing. And the uh, the headline of the article is "Apple stole my music." <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a little facetious, a little clickbaity. Yeah, I don't know. And it's funny because he one of the first comments he makes is like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm getting this much attention on this thing." It's like really biggest company, you know, one of the biggest companies in the world. Yeah, and you basically claim them of claim the stole Yeah, <laughs> claim they stole your music. So anyway, <laughs> I think it's a little on both sides or whatever, but. Yeah, I don't know. Totally. Like most things. Yeah, but it's always you know there's always way to get your stuff back and everything like right. that. He makes a really big deal about it, and I get it. I mean, being a composer and everything like that, yeah. it's important. You know, you want to watch that stuff, but maybe then don't say replace my iTunes <laughs> music collection. <laughs> don't I, hit the red button. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So anyway, then all right. Well, let's move on to the final thing we're going to talk about on the post from Jimlet.com. and this is called. This three-year-old gave a birthday cupcake to her garbage man, and it's precious. And it is precious, Brian. It is precious. This is something that you might not think that we'd want to talk about on the Gentleman Podcast, but we want to talk about this, damn it. Uh, <laughs> hey, we like precious things, too. Exactly. Um, and this was posted by uh, Crispy Critter, good, upstanding member of the Gentleman community. That's right. Uh, and he found this gem, and uh, this is a good little story, Glenn. Um, 
this is a very simple story. A very, it's it's got, but it's got a lot of heart in it. It's faith in humanity, is what it is, Brian. Yeah. Um, so in Bloomington, Illinois, there's this little girl, Brooklyn Andre Andrake, B- Brooklyn Andrake. Yeah. I'm just going to say, it's what, yeah, that's her name, Brooklyn Andrake. And she's three years old. And you know how little girls are, Glenn. Yes. Because you have two of them. Um, somehow along the way, um, one, of the, one, of the, one of their daughter's favorite things, one of Brooklyn's favorite things, is to look outside when the garbage man is going by and always wave at him. And he always honks the horn and gives a big smile and waves back at her. And the mom was saying that it just she just loves seeing the her daughter just light up. It just makes her day so happy to get the big wave from the from the garbage man. And um, it happens every Thursday, and it's something that her daughter always looks forward to, and then she looks forward to because her daughter gets so excited about it. Uh, and then it was going to be Brooklyn's birthday, and so she had cupcakes for her birthday, and she asked her mom if she could give one of the cupcakes to the garbage man. Mm-hmm. And so, her, you know, her mom was obviously like, "Yeah, yeah, definitely." So they went <laughs> out to the they went out to the curb and they waited for him. And as soon as he was driving by, they flagged him down and and they talked for the first time. And you know, her mom said, "Well, you know, the, the, my daughter always looks forward so much to seeing you, and, mm-hmm. and thank you for waving at us all the time, and uh, give her the cupcake." And he and the garbage man, whose name is Delvar, Delvar Dobson, um, was just, I mean, kind of blown away by it. And uh, he said that he even, he had a meeting on Thursday mornings, and he even rushed out of the meeting to make sure he could get over to the neighborhood on time so that he'd be able to wave yeah. hello to the little girl that always waved to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just a, a great story on either side, and... Um, the the garbage man actually is a he mentors kids he doesn't have any of his own kids but he mentors kids and that's one of his like big passion in life um so it was really great and then as a follow-up the next week when he came by he brought a birthday gift over to the little girl and the little girl gave him a handwritten thank you note that he put up in his truck and so they've got a a good kind of relationship going on now but yeah, it's pretty cool, and it became a thing. It's you know the city of uh, Bloomington put something on their Facebook page. It's been shared yeah. a bazillion times. Uh-huh. I mean, it's just a a really good story. The thing I love about it is um, they get a quote from uh, Delvar, 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 um, and he's talking about you know it doesn't matter really what you do, you just need to be a positive role model. Mm-hmm. And clearly, this guy went out of his way to. To smile, you know, just a simple act of just smiling and, you know, just being a, a good guy, mm-hmm. you know, a yeah. good role model. And yeah. he has this great quote. He says, it doesn't matter if I'm a garbage man or if I'm a CFO at State Farm. We all have to discover our gift and be effective. I mentor children, I mentor children and that is the passion in my heart. So, Makes you know, me feel like crap. Yeah, I know. You know? <laughs> I, what a good guy. I mean, yeah. And uh, it's cool, too, that, you know, the... The mind of a child, you know, they don't see him as a garbage man. They see him as, you know, oh, this guy driving the truck by my house, at, you know, once a week, you yeah. know. And so you kind of get wrapped up in that stuff and you forget that there's, you know, real awesome human beings doing that profession and people don't regard. I mean, I think they even had a quote from, a, you know, somebody was really congratulating this guy on being a great role model for you know, making good publicity about that profession and, and the people that are doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, well, yeah, I, I know when I was a kid, I don't know if 
I don't know if you did this, but when I was a kid, I loved it when the garbage man. <laughs> I thought it was the coolest thing. They drive this huge honking yeah. truck, mm-hmm. and and Brian, they get to like ride on the back of the truck. That's true. That was They're the kind of speeding was, around. Man, yeah. I, I always thought they had the coolest job. Yeah, and you know, but not even that. They just seem, you know, they're always nice. Like my brother and I would like wait and like you know talk yeah. to them and wave. Right, they were nice too. Yeah, and I still have memories about that. Yeah, um, and you know, now thinking about it, like that's. I don't know. We talked about Mike Rowe earlier. And he talks about dirty jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I these. Uh, where am I going with this? <laughs> I'm trying to pull Mike Rowe into this somehow. <laughs> but I guess my point is, is that you know, as as I've gotten older, we we society is kind of given that you know garbage man. Like nobody wants to grow up and be garbage man. Garbage man. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, but when you're a kid, you don't see that. Right. You know, and you just see somebody who's. You know, riding a cool truck all day. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a good point. I mean, you don't have that kind of no mindset of, yeah, there's no stigma about it or whatever. Which is awesome. Um, yeah, it is. But I I think garbage men make a lot of money. I think they do pretty well, actually. I, I, no, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it kind of depends, but I think they, they make pretty good money, you know? And, uh, you know, it's pretty... I don't know, man. Good on them. Yeah. I, I it's a It's got to be a tough job, but, you know... Uh, all kinds of weather great great people out there doing that job and uh yeah you know you don't i guess you just don't really think about it you know what i mean mm-hmm. and but um great people out there doing that job and it's really cool that the the little girl got to got to meet him and they had such a good rapport between the two of them yeah like you said i think the main takeaways here is that we feel like crap yes for for being the toads that we are yeah we just sit behind a desk all day no joke um Anyway, to okay. be fair, if little kids made us cupcakes, I'd be a little happier as well. I don't. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> that's never gonna happen at our job. I should say happier. I'm very happy. Yeah, but but yeah, cupcakes certainly couldn't hurt. You no, know, it couldn't. Um, okay, Glenn. Let's uh, speaking of cupcakes, let's talk about the gentleman toast this mm. week. Um, and Glenn, the something happened over the last week. Mm. The United States, for the first time in its history, has mm. recognized its official United States mammal. And this is this is our furry friend, the bison. The bison. Um, Glenn, the, the bison, or as many Americans call him, the buffalo, mm-hmm. uh, is truly a majestic animal. And I have to say, I looked this up, and Kansas named the bison... Their official animal back in 1955. Six, now, 60 years ago. Yeah. 60 se- years. Se- se- 70 years ago. 70 years ago. <laughs> 70 years ago. No. Kansas named. No. 60, 60 years, years ago. ago <laughs> 60 years ago. Kansas named the bison the official animal. And, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. many things, Kansas leads the way. That's right. I mean, pretty much Kansas is universally recognized as being a right. progressive thought leader yeah. in the country. And I, I think this is a great example of, of just such a scenario. We, we, we were able to uh, recognize uh, wonderful animals, mm-hmm. um, key animals yes. in our society. Way where, before. Uh, I mean, 60 I, years before yeah. the rest of the country came around. Uh, we're, we're, we're known for our innovations in tech. It's true. Notably in, in manly websites. Yep, exactly. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we've got a lot going for this state. Yeah. But, but you bring up a good point, Brian. We we kind of called it on the buffalo. The bison. You're welcome. 
is what we're trying to say. <laughs> You're welcome, America. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, in, in honor of the, the majestic bison, I, I looked up this article, which is 15 facts about bison that you might not have known. <laughs> and uh, first of all, I wanted to address the name buffalo versus bison. Okay, I was going to ask. And buffalo is just a misnomer. It's a made-up term, basically, for the bison, which is the official name. You can call them buffalo if you want, but it's really a bison. And the actual scientific name of the bison, like, you know, like genus, species, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what the three things are, but let me tell you what the actual... Family? Fi- what the official... Yeah, genus, family, uh, feud, and species. Uh, the... <laughs> The uh, the actual scientific name of the bison is bison bison bison. I'm not joking. That's really real. That's the scientific name of the bison. They, they just didn't want to mess with it. It was it's, too perfect. It's like family, species, genus, or something. So it's one of a kind, basically. Fa- genus, family, species, and it's bison bison bison. It's on an island. Yeah. Wow. Uh, bison are the largest animal in North America. They weigh 2,000 pounds and stand 6 feet tall. I didn't know they were that tall. Holy cow. Um, Holy bison. You can judge a bison's mood by its tail. Mm -hmm. If it's kind of down and relaxed and chill, it's probably Mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. If it's up and on alert, it Mm -hmm. means get away from the bison. Like, as soon as possible. Interesting. Um, And also, dogs. you should do that. Because bison may be 2,000 pounds... And six feet tall, but they can run up to 35 miles an hour. 35 miles an hour, Glenn. Wow. <laughs> Plus, they're extremely agile. They can spin around quickly, jump fences, and are strong swimmers. So they're basically the superheroes of right. the land mammals. Um, bison can live, up to be, live, can live to be 20 years old. But anyway, point is, bison, don't mess with them. You know what I mean? That's right. I'm surprised that all of the historical figures that mess with bison live to tell a tale because they seem like pretty, pretty hardcore dudes. They are intense. I I know. So here's my question. All right, here's my question. Mm-hmm. It's now. It's it's officially what? What's its official title? The national animal? The national mammal? A national mammal. Okay. So here's my question. The bald eagle is the national bird. Mm-hmm. It is protected by state law that you cannot kill a bald eagle. Right. It used to be. They really? I think that they're off the endangered species list. Oh, so only while they're on the endangered species list? I believe that that's the distinction okay. there. Because they're pretty common now, like, in yeah. the northwest. Yeah. For sure. And I'm mm-hmm. sure other places as well. But, yeah. okay, that's good to know. Yeah. My question was, um, I've had bison burgers before, and they are... <laughs> they're really good bison meat is really really good it's been a while since i've had one of those and so my question was is them being on this 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 distinct list mm-hmm. are they now off the menu no I, I think they're i think they're still on the menu oh man that makes it even better yeah um glenn in 1883 teddy roosevelt traveled to the dakota territory to hunt bison but after spending a few years in the West, Roosevelt returned to New York with a new outlook on life. He paved the way for the conservation movement mm. and in 1905 formed mm. the American Bison Society. That's what I'm talking about. That's all you need to know. How American is Teddy Roosevelt and the American Bison Society? The bison gave him a new outlook. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. 
It has given me a new outlook as well. I, I agree. I'd like to have some bison roaming in my backyard. Yep, maybe butcher one of them every well, other year. You know, <laughs> they can just hang out back there. That's I'm true. Gonna, they're majestic creatures. They can run 35 miles an hour and they're six feet tall and 2,000 pounds. <laughs> They can hang out in my backyard anytime they want to. No, no questions asked. And they jump fences. No questions let's, asked. Let's. Uh... I'm not worried about it. I would welcome them <laughs> easily. Anyway, to the uh, the bison, to the, the bison. new official mammal of the United States of America. And I'm, I must say, Brian, this is the first time we've toasted an animal. It is. That's Which, true. Uh, it's a it's a gentleman podcast first. It took mm. us 88 episodes to actually toast a mammal. It's about time. Mm-hmm. Here's to toasting many more animals. <laughs> uh, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the... Um, Hot Body Topic! Uh, and this week, Glenn... <laughs> Some laughter in the peanut gallery. Uh, quiet in the cheap seats. Um, this, uh, this week, Glenn... Uh, a a legendary American slash uh, European uh, company, Budweiser, yes, has decided to rename their beer America this summer, and uh, this is a this is a brewery called Budweiser, a little known uh, uh, microbrew microbrew uh, Budweiser, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Basically, they're trying to capitalize on what they think is going to be the most patriotic summer of all time. What, why do they think it's going to be the most patriotic summer? Well, Glenn, uh, I'm glad you asked. Aside from them naming their beverage because America, because there's the, the Americas are per, the Americans partaking in the Summer Olympics and the Copa American Centiaro soccer tournament being held in the U.S. Uh, we're according to a Budweiser spokesman, uh, we are embarking on what should be the most patriotic summer that this generation has ever seen. Because of a soccer game? Because of the Copa American Centenario soccer thing oh. that we're doing here in America. The Copa Cup. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, yeah, there yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. So, so I've heard of the Copa Cup. It's mm-hmm. a big deal if you like soccer. Right. Uh, and it's being held in America. That's cool. Yeah. And so the other one was the... Uh, was the, the summer uh, the summer Olympics? The summer Olympics in 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 Rio, okay, Brazil. Yes, South America in Brazil. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know um, South. Oh, okay. So maybe they mean like the generic Americas. I don't. I think they're just saying America. So also South America. Well, you know, it's all America. Okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, you know, it's it's obviously uh, Budweiser was bought by InBev. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple years back, Belgian Belgian brewer. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're you know they're kind of feeling out the marketing on the American side, and what they figured out. Okay, they a bunch of eggheads over at Imbev. <laughs> they're like, okay, what do Americans like? They like they America. Like, they like America, <laughs> and that's what we're gonna do. That's our marketing plan, America. I can't I can't not think of Belgian Belgian people without. Uh, Austin Powers uh, is uh, what is his what is it gold member? Mm, I, oh yeah, I, I haven't seen that gold one. Finger? Oh, I okay, that I won't, I won't. Oh man, it's great. He plays a Dutch guy who. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> and, well, never mind. That joke's completely lost on on everyone here. But uh, interesting. 
Yeah, so Budweiser, um, this summer, Budweiser, the entire summer is going to be known, and I think they're, they're running this until the, the presidential elections, is going to be known as America instead of Budweiser. Okay. And I don't think this has any real implications, except for the fake ones. You know what I mean? What's to stop every beer from naming their beer America? Or every other company? Patent infringement. Well, how can that's that's my thing? Is like how do you how do you patent? Uh, uh, how do you patent stupidity? Yeah, uh, I don't well, know. Well, Brian, let's let's consider both sides here. <sighs> I don't. Does this even serve any real purpose? I don't know. So, are they actually? We're talking about it. Are they actually so. going to replace the name Budweiser with America on the on, on the, the labels? Yes. So yeah. it's not going to be Budweiser America. It's no. going to be America. America. It's going to. This is what it's going to look like. Yeah, it's, a, it's America. <laughs> I think this would make more sense if Just it was coming from an American company. Yes. Also, it's funny because they they even mention uh, that they're the owners of Corona and Stella Artois <laughs> are making this decision. It's almost like a is it? Are they trolling Americans? Is that what they're doing? They must be, and make it they're up. like, oh, let's just let's make it called America because. Those Americans, they're so yeah. into themselves. They're going to yeah. love this. It's called America. Either that or they, they just really don't understand. There must be like a translation. Like maybe they don't speak English very well. Like there's just kind of like they're right. like loosely translating something. Yeah. Maybe they like make they said, awesome. Yeah. Like they're, they're going to call the beer awesome. Right. Or they're going to say like, let's, let's make sure it says on the label, made in America. Yeah. And they're like, you want to call it America? Yes. That's what I want. America. <laughs> America. Yes. <laughs> Just drop the maid in. Yeah. Okay, they want to call America. Keep it clean. <laughs> drop the maid in. Do we really need do we really need the maid and do we really need in? So I've been to the Budweiser factory in um, The America Factory? In <laughs> the America Factory <laughs> in St. Louis. America. And I have to say, it's much like visiting Graceland in that I liked Budweiser okay before. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a huge Buzz- Budweiser fan. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but when I went to their factory and I saw the whole thing, I was very impressed by it, and it made me appreciate the company even more, even though now it's InBev, but it's still made at the Budweiser plant in St. Louis, so it's like, yeah. eh. kind of tarnishes the whole thing because of the InBev stuff. But yeah. back before InBev bought it, I would have been like, yeah, I'm proud to be an American drinking this <laughs> yeah. Budweiser. Yeah, I'm proud to drink America. Um, <laughs> because the, the, the founder, um, the, the, the guy that originally pin the recipe to Budweiser has mm-hmm. a great story um, kind of rags to riches thing where mm-hmm. he self-made Budweiser and made it happen and uh, created the recipe for it and it's still the recipe they use today still made the same way they used it back in the day methods might be a little bit more sophisticated well the only difference really is that they used to make the beer in uh, big vats of, yeah. you know wood yeah. wooden vats uh, and now they make them in steel vats, but they still use the beechwood aging process. Mm-hmm. They used to do it in caves, and now they do it in their on their on site mm-hmm. thing or whatever. Um, on site caves, but it was pretty interesting. I mean, I, I I I got a new appreciation. And they said that they they still do the beechwood aging, and it takes for it takes however many days. I think it says like twenty one days or days. something like that. And nobody else does that, and it's a pain in the ass. But they do it because it's like that's the original recipe, and so it's like I don't know. It's kind of cool. I mean, you know. There's something to be said for that. There and it's is. been around for like 100 years. You know, that that's same. True. I asked the guy when I was there, I was like, is this the same damn recipe they've had since like 100 years ago? He's like, if you drank a Budweiser 100 years ago, it should taste pretty close to how it tastes now. 
That's pretty cool. So now yeah. you say that, Brian. But what about the monks in England and Europe? And Do they whatnot? have a beer called America? No, they don't. But it's you know five hundred years old. Right. Well, we're not. It's not a contest. German purity laws and whatnot. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a contest. I'm just saying. These are different types of beers here. No, I I, I think that's pretty cool that that they do that. Um, however, renaming the beer America is a different story, Brian. I think it's it's a little weird. Is it a step backward or a step forward? I'm wondering if it's just it's a giant troll by Imbev just to mess with <laughs> Americans. Which in that case, I have to say, well done. Yeah, you know what I mean. You pulled the wool over most people's eyes. Yeah, but not ours. Uh, I don't know if it's a good move or a bad move. It's got, it's in the press a lot, so it's probably good. I mean, you know, they spelled their name right, so it looks like uh, good things. I, I was surprised it wasn't like Murica. You yeah. know, the whole M. Depending on how you spell it, the M U R I C A. Or in this article I'm reading on USA Today, they have this joker that worked on some other marketing stuff for Budweiser, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, this is going to backfire big time. People are going to be pissed that they're trying to." You know, use America's name to sell the product. No, they're not. No it's one's going to care. It's Budweiser. <laughs> no one's going to care, buddy. No one is going to care. They could call it Belize. Yeah. And it would still sell. They're, they're taking a brand name that they spent billions of dollars and they're tossing it aside and putting America on it. I think it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, what's interesting, though, is I actually there's a chart at the end of this article, and it has the top selling beers in in America. Um, and I have to say, Glenn, I'm going to give BeerSnob.com some credit. Okay. okay? Uh, we forgot to talk about them earlier in the episode, so oh. but now we can. That's all right. We'll, we'll mention them now. Okay. BeerSnob.com, our rival. Uh, you know, they beer rating. Get, apparently, they rate beers as well, even though we do. We have the empirical rating. <laughs> they use system. this silly thing called crowdsourcing. <laughs> <laughs> Laughable, really. But anyway, we like to talk about them because it gives them some press. And All right. Like that. Anyway, help, help them. Okay, so here's the top ten beers. Uh, here's the top selling beers in America, Glenn. Mm-hmm. Bud Light, Coors Light, uh, Miller Light, Budweiser's number four. Okay. Um, Bud Light is number one? Bud Light is number one. So uh, America Light. Natural Light is number five. Uh, or sorry, no. Michelob Ultra is number five. Hmm. Uh, Natural Light's number six. Bush Light, seven. Bush, eight. Miller High Life, nine. There you go, champagne. Uh, Keystone Light is ten. Now, if you had to guess, what would you say is the highest rated beer snob.com uh, beer in this in this list of ten beers. All right, let's see here. Uh, let's just toss out Michelob because that's not actually beer. Um, it's actually squirrel. Water. Yeah, it's squirrel urine. Um, let's see here. <laughs> Man, a lot of heavy hitters there. I, I would probably uh, of the ones that uh, of the names that you read off, mm-hmm. the ones where I a piece of me didn't die inside when you read them mm-hmm. uh, would probably be the Budweiser products. Okay. Uh, Budweiser. Okay. Let me go with Bud. You'd be wrong because the top rated one by a country mile is Miller High Life. The High Life. Oh, wow. Yeah. At a rating of 66, the second highest, I believe, was a Budweiser at 58. So Budweiser was the second okay. highest. Sorry, um, I, I, I do I do enjoy the uh, champagne of beers greatly. Look, I got to tell you, man, the more that the summer drags on yep. and the more that I... Buy a ten dollar eighteen pack of High Life. <laughs> the same price as this. Yeah, this stuff. Um, it's a refreshing beer. I gotta yep. say, Miller High Life. 
I don't like the light beers, mm-hmm. and it's interesting that the top ten beers in the U.S. that are oh, sold are gosh. they're seven out of ten of them are light beers. It's just like I don't get it. I can't do the light beer. I don't. Bud Light tastes like all the stuff doesn't taste like anything. I mean, I think it just has alcohol in it, and you can slam a lot of it. Yeah, which is probably. I mean, we're, we're we're listing off like the who's who's of college beers right here. Yeah, Keystone. I need to try. I need to try regular Bush Bush Heavy. I don't, I don't I've think I've had, had that, that in a long time. I don't think ever. Yeah. Um, Budweiser. I, I, I'll drink Bud. Bud's good. From here. Yeah. That, that, if I was... Yeah. It's a solid but beer. It's weird. I feel like sometimes it's a little overpriced. Because you can get... Uh, like the High Life. That's a pretty good beer. Yep. I like it. I, you know, you are paying for the Budweiser name, which they <sighs> yeah. spent billions and the, crafting. And the Beechwood aging. The Beechwood aging. Yeah. Um, but man, I haven't had a key light. I haven't had a Keystone light. Oh, don't in twenty years. Don't, don't, don't. I haven't. I mean, Mick Just, Ultra. I I haven't had one of those in a long time. Um, Miller Light is probably the last one I've had. But man, it's not good. I just Miller's don't like. Time, yeah. I don't like light beers, man. I my my one of my roommates in college uh, was a big Coors fan. <laughs> Coors heavy, mm. and it was okay. Yeah, but not compared to Bud. I mean, Bud's way better. I think. And yeah. And and uh, the high life is well, the high life. So it's a delicious brewer. <sighs> high life. Okay. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, that, now that we've discussed our favorite light beers, mm-hmm. favorite lager, American style lager beers. Yes. Um, uh, I would say that the if the Budweiser America thing is an America troll, I say well done. Mm-hmm. If it's supposed to be serious and we're supposed to take it seriously. Then I say not well done. Yeah, the whole argument of being the most patriotic summer ever is ridiculous. I don't even understand what... Yeah. I mean, there's an Olympics, which happens every two years because right. of summer and winter Olympics. Right. But let's say, okay, I think summer Olympics are more uh, yep. popular. Right. All right. So every they're not four even years, being held here. Every, right. They're held in Rio. It's like, I don't know. Which is in South America, but okay. And then the the, the Copa Cup. Okay, well, right. that's cool and everything. Being I, held in America... I think maybe like the most patriotic summer ever would have been like when the the Russian uh, or the Berlin Wall got torn down or something. Okay, yeah, or you know? or the seventy six was the seventy six Olympics or which was one where we battled the Russians. Maybe that's in the eighties. I was I don't I wasn't old enough to really right. watch it or. Right. But anyway, you have that. You could do okay. You can do the nineteen seventy six, which is the. The pa- yeah, yeah, exactly. Bicentennial. Yeah, bicentennial. That would have been a good year. Yeah. So I, I would say, well, they say this generation. I would say probably, uh, yeah, maybe that's true. If they say this generation as being like the 15-year-olds that are out there or something. Yeah. So, okay. okay I guess if you're if you're of legal drinking age and not yet 23, I then think it is the it, most patriotic. It must just be, a, um, maybe I'm giving InBev too much credit here, but I think it's just a brilliant troll. I think... The executives over at Imbev are just sitting on, at their desks laughing about this right now. They're sitting in their desks made of stacks of American cash. And cigars. And cigars. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway. Okay, Glenn. Well, no, we, we, I'm glad we got that figured out. So everybody yes. knows now that, that, yes, it's a brilliant troll or a terrible, terrible marketing scheme. Uh, speaking of terrible marketing schemes, mm-hmm. uh, Glenn, it's time for the uh, final segment of episode 88 which is the questions from the gentleman mailbag uh and this week it 
turns out that we have been alerted that May is actually National Barbecue Month, and, we, and Razorback is the general member that let us know about this. Thank God. How did I not know this? I mean, how did I, I not know this? Toward the end of May, without knowing that this was <laughs> National Barbecue Month. Oh, I've got so little time to rectify my and, errors. And this, you know, thankfully Razorback was there to get our backs. You know what I mean? As usual. As usual. You can count on that guy. He's there. Thick and thin. I want this guy packing my parachute. I'll That's... tell you that much. <laughs> um, so anyway, the, uh, this National Barbecue Month, Glenn, so yeah. how are you going to celebrate National Barbecue Month? Well, I guess I'll just do what I do every month, and that's eat a lot of barbecue. Mm. No, I will actually... You know what? I should offer a sacrifice to the barbecue gods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pull out the smoker maybe this weekend, and I don't know. I, I've been. I'm at a critical stage in my barbecue smoking career, Brian. Mm. I feel like I've gotten pretty good at the simple, you know, pulled pork, yeah. pork butt smoking, mm-hmm. you know. But I think it's time to go find Yoda. Get the next, the next level. That is try a brisket. Oh, okay. There's a lot at stake. I thought you were gonna say you were gonna go on like a a Hajj. Yeah, uh, some a kind of, yeah, to some, Kansas City. Yeah, <laughs> go study at the feet of of kiss the walls of Joe's barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> sit out in the back and you know teach me your ways, master. Right. Um, no, I, I. The difference is, you know, you could you could get a pork butt at like uh, let's. Let's say, I don't know, you could even go like a dollar a pound or even less. Okay. okay. So you're not taking a big risk. Right. Okay. $10, you got a big hunk of meat mm-hmm. you can smoke for a yeah. long time. Also, it's a very forgiving meat, okay. so you, the temperature can vary wildly. You, right. don't to, you don't have to babysit so much. Yep. Brisket, on the other hand, is a, is a temperamental beast. Uh, and what kind, <clears throat> what kind of meat is brisket? Brisket's a, a, a beef... Um, I actually don't really know. Uh, it's a particular cut, though, right? Yeah. It, okay. Yes. I couldn't tell you where on the cow it is. Right. If that's what you're asking. But which is which is I am also shamefaced. Maybe that's what I'll do. I will learn more about the cuts of the cow, mm-hmm. which is what I should do anyway. But yeah, it, it's a man. I'm, I'm ignorant in, as to where where it is in the cow. But um, as far as smoking it goes, if you mm-hmm. want to smoke a brisket. They're 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 not so they're not so forgiving. Okay, you got you got to lock in the temperature. It's not as thick of a piece of meat as like a pork butt, so it's a lot can go wrong. Right, and could really dry it out. Basically. Right, and th- what I was getting at at the beginning was that it's way more expensive than it's like five times more expensive than yeah. If you screw it up, it's so you're looking at a fifty dollar piece of meat versus yeah. a ten dollar piece of meat. Mm-hmm. So anyway. So can you smoke stuff on a regular gas grill? You can. You it's can. just hard, harder. Well, um, well, it's actually. I don't know how that works with propane because that's a lot of. It's like you know eight to twelve hours. Oh, okay. worth of propane. That's why people don't do it on. Propane. Yeah, it's, it's not cost be, efficient, right? Um, but I think you could. It's just a matter of because you can have yeah. a little box, or whatever, to put your your chips yeah. in. Heat up to get the smoke and everything. But have you ever thought about getting like a Traeger or something like that, like a pellet grill? Man, I have. Um, I just, I haven't. I just haven't looked into it too much. 
it would be nice to get like the next level of but then it almost feels like cheating. It's, it is. And that's a that's a tricky part. And this I don't is, want to cheat, but I do want to cheat. The, I, <laughs> I know. It's just tricky because it's like when, you know, Laura got me this uh this gadget for Christmas mm-hmm. and it was it's basically like a uh, it's called sous vide. And what it is for people out there that don't know it is that you you basically put your cut of meat like a steak or a a, a chicken in a bag. And you, you, it's not like you boil it. You bring it to temperature. Okay. Yeah, you, know you cook I mean? it very slow. And and the the what they say is true. Like when you when you do that, it tastes very well. It tastes good. It's got a good texture to it. Yeah. You sear it off to kind of like finish it off. So you like bring it to the right temperature. Yeah. And then you, it's like the reverse sear. Yeah. Except it's like scientific and done right all the time. The, and it's you know, like a way longer process than. Yeah, it, it takes a little bit longer, but you know, you the results are there. You yeah. Know, you get yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I had a good steak and I had a good piece of chicken from there and everything like that. Yeah. The problem for me was, though, really what it comes down to is, like, I was starting to work with the grill, and I like the idea of, like, me figuring out the different way to do stuff yeah. and all this stuff, and it takes that completely out of it. So, it's almost like, you know, there's something about firing up the grill and out there, and maybe you're going to totally foul it all up, but maybe yeah. you, like, come through in the clutch and That's you right. do, like, you know, the perfect barbecue thing or whatever, and it make, the exhilaration of doing it right is, is very good. And so that it's like it takes that kind of out of it, and you're more of a bystander in the process. Yeah. And it's like I don't. I, t- I told Laura like I, you know, I lo- this is great, and it makes good food and everything like that. But I just, you know, I was starting to get good at grilling, and I want to keep doing that. You know what I mean? And so uh, it's tricky because once you do the, the, they make these Traeger grills and other kinds of grills, pellet grills, yeah, pellet grills where you can. I mean, I've seen people use them. You just set the temp. I yeah. mean, you, you literally turn a dial and you say, I want this at this temperature, and it does it exactly yeah. every yeah. time. And so it's like temperature and time, and you're done. So you can yeah. just set it and walk away, and you'll be it'll be perfect every time. Yeah, and, and you know, it's like, it's basically the thing about Traeger is that, so you, you can, I, I misspoke, you can have like, I think you can have propane, but I think more common is the electric smokers, yep. because you're just using electric power. That makes a lot more, I, I wasn't even thinking about the propane thing, so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And but same concept though you just set a temperature and walk away yeah and man that would be really really cool especially when <laughs> when results don't turn out like you wanted to yeah that's when you start thinking mm. and you wasted a day yeah basically exactly cooking something that doesn't taste very good right which is why I've stuck with pork butt because it's really forgiving yeah like you can temperature it very wildly yeah. a lot of things can go wrong mm-hmm. I've even like cooked it over like it didn't I had a scenario actually it's for my brother's wedding I had to smoke a bunch of meat and um, a couple nights before. The meat just wasn't getting the right temperature, and like th- two in the morning, I was like, "I'm going to bed. I'm so tired. I hate right. this." Yeah. So I pulled it, I pulled out of the smoker and I shoved it in the fridge. Yeah. And then I, I turned the oven on the next day and threw it in the oven, like <laughs> got it up to the temperature. Right. And I was like, and it was a day of. Yeah. And um, and then I like shredded it once I got the temperature and everything. I shredded yeah. it all up. I was like, well, this is gonna be awful, but yeah, whatever. I'll just take it. Yeah. And people loved it. Yeah. It was like the best that they'd ever had yeah and i didn't think it was like i've had other stuff i've done better but it was still pretty it was all right yeah it was fine yeah and i was just amazed at how easy that was but you i think that's kind of you know yeah anyway if you do any serious meat smoking or anything like that Mm -hmm. consistency and being able to control the temperatures yeah tell you what but there but you're right there's an element of satisfaction that you don't get Mm mm-hmm when I, I love cooking stuff on the grill, yeah, uh, I got a little side burner that I'll a propane side burner that I'll cook in a skillet. I'll cook, you know, whatever I'll free, you know, like vegetables or you yeah. know, 
whatever. Yeah. Whatever else we need for the meal, bacon. Right. right. Uh, it's just, I don't know, something about it. Yeah. Yeah, something about a nice uh, spring day and mm. out on the grill with a Miller High Life in your hand. Master your domain. Um, so, so you're going to go for brisket. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely thinking about it. Yeah. Um, I've been reading a lot about it. Yeah. But I, I don't know, man. Well, May's the month to do it, apparently. It is the month to do it. I even reached out to uh, Razorback to um, ask him what he was going to do to celebrate it. Um, so that inquiring minds need to know. Yeah. And he is going to try a smoked bourbon marinated beef roast on the on the grill. Of course he is. Of course that's he what is. I have to One, say about of course that. he is. And two, that's a great idea because beef roast, that's a cheaper cut mm-hmm. of meat. Yeah. It should be great. Yeah. Maybe I'll do what he's doing. I mean, I'm not too ashamed to... Big upside, little downside. Exactly. You know? And there's bourbon in it. Mm-hmm. So, what could go wrong? I, I'll tell you, for, for my barbecue month of May, I'm going to continue to refine my craft. I need to get my basics down still. And, and it takes a lot of repetition, a lot of, a lot of doing things over and over again and getting better at it. I'm slowly getting better at it, but it takes a lot of grilling to get there. Yeah. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue, continue down that road. Of trying to to reach the ultimate uh, grill master level, man. When I was when I was first reading about smoking meats and stuff like that, they would say, "Now, when you get your smoker for the first time, mm-hmm. do some trial runs, bring it up yeah. to temperature before you put any meat on there, right? So you know like what the actual temperature is, how long uh-huh. it takes." And the whole time I was like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll right. I'll do a trial run right. and not put any meat, right, and use all these charcoal, yeah." Yeah, it really would have been yeah. helpful. <laughs> yeah. So, what a great month! I know, absolutely. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. Um, you know, episode eighty eight of the podcast is in the in the can. Um, barbecue month. My birthday is coming up. That's right. A few short days, man. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, great month, great month uh, of the year. Plus, the weather's great. Yeah, Good time to be outside. Beautiful outside Wonderful. today. Um, there's bison roaming around That's all over right. the place. Anyway, okay, Glenn. Well, that was episode uh, 88 of the Gentleman Podcast, uh, and a world first on the Gentleman Podcast. We toasted a actual animal. That's right, uh, as our gentleman toast. So there's a there's a first. If you, you heard it here first. You heard it from Breaking News. Um, that was episode 88. Uh, in two weeks, we'll do episode 89. We do uh, episodes every two weeks and because people were complaining that they came out too frequently. So we... Uh, Namely us. Yeah. <laughs> us and a lot of people listen to it. They're like, I don't... I, please, I kind of like listening to you guys, but not every week. You know, so That's like, being generous, Brian. Yeah, it's true. They said, please stop. Please stop recording the podcast. Yeah. And I'm like, what if we just every couple weeks we, we we had a meeting and yeah yeah uh anyway glenn okay well that was episode 88 uh thanks everybody out for listening out there um it's episode 88 we're gonna be on episode 89 in two weeks mm-hmm. we'll maybe we'll get back to our barbecue exploits that's right weeks. uh we'll be drinking a couple of americas that's right and uh we'll be enjoying the month of may so anyway uh thanks everybody for listening uh i'm brian mckinney i'm glenn stansbury Good night, everybody. Sayonara. Sayonara.